Yeah, the Hassan Ivy Productions clip did numbers i saw should we just watch the whole thing i mean this one was probably one of the best parts of the entire combo hasan clips clipped it and posted it i posted it on my instagram as well on another long sea of people thinking that my accounts are me by the way hasan productions gets the goddamn credit nuts but what are you gonna do violence listen. required for its maintenance okay listen and that violence is frustrating people i hear that you. violence I is hear radicalizing you. people but here's hold my... on as far as what benjamin netanyahu has done as far as the war government what they have done peers going into gaza yeah. and bombing gaza and killing 3480 palestinians so far in gaza 1000 plus children out of all of those casualties 22 hospitals being bombed a bakery the only remaining intact bakery being bombed yesterday these are horrifying crimes that you would openly say are horrifying and unjustifiable when russia does it but when israel does it, it israel has a right to defend itself this is identical to the same talking points that i've heard from every israeli administration official it's the same talking points that i've heard from american politicians championing the the exact same talking points it's the same thing that i've heard from everyone else in the media you might have been against the iraq uh, war and and you use that but you're using that for for evil in my opinion at this point if you are not sitting here and condemning those acts of war crimes those acts of violence that those acts of collective punishment yeah i cooked his ass a little bit there at the end of it i mean he was very frustrated by like the whole propaganda stuff i don't know why he fucking cared about it so goddamn much but that was like his main point of contention it seems it seemed like that was the only thing he gave a shit about the me calling myself a propagandist is like i just i don't really care personally like being called a propagandist i don't care about it because i think it's like you know everyone is doing propaganda that's like i understand the definition the dictionary definition of propaganda but people always uh make additional negative assertions where it's like it's a bad thing propaganda is a bad thing it's a bad thing it's a bad thing it's like no it's just like someone who is loudly and proudly advocating for a cause it doesn't mean that you spread misinformation or lie you can do that and that would be bad and wrong so why why'd you use this as a propagandist as an insult to him? Because when he does it, he's doing it for a direction that he hides behind the, the banner of independent journalism. I don't have a problem with uh, being called a propagandist or, or saying that I am a propagandist or the concept of propaganda in general. When you are doing propaganda and you are not, uh, you know, making honest assessments, making dishonest assessments oftentimes, or the objective that you claim that you care about, and then you only offer coverage and condolences to the casualties on one side and you you justify it for the other side which is of course the palestinian side like yeah you're doing you're a bad propagandist you are hiding your own personal bias in the matter i'm also not a journalist this is not to hide behind it the whole like i'm a dumb himbo shit like i get that i i know that i have a responsibility in my mind that i i ensure that you are all perfectly informed and you are not led astray that you are not misinformed and i'm going going to give you every aspect of a story and then tell you what my perspective is, which is what I do. I give you uh, IDF sources. I tell you if I don't believe it. I tell you if there's a likelihood that those sources are valid. I give you on-the-ground reporting from OSINT Andes, some of which are fucking literally CIA cutouts anyway, and forensic analysts, and I talk to them behind the scenes as well. It's not a one-sided affair in the way that people try to present it.
granted, I am biased in the direction of the emancipation for Palestinian people, as I've said, but that does not mean that I'm going to misinform you willingly, deliberately, and obfuscate the truth, just like immediately after the rubble was cleared, or when there was a, a little bit of daylight shed on the, the impact crater from the Al-Ahli hospital, with the new information, not with what Israel had said, not with what Israel claimed, but with the newfound information, I told you that my assessment is a little bit different. Yes, I still believe that the relentless bombing campaign is still by Israeli hands. Believe that like in a situation where Israel has killed more than a thousand children, where they turn around and go, yeah, but like 30 of those children or 500 of those casualties in total from the 3,480 thus far were actually Hamas militants like blowing themselves up. I'm like, okay, that's still fucked up. Like that's still fucked up. But what's the argument that like when you kill Palestinians, it's okay. But when there's a misfire, then all of a sudden that's the, the worst kind of uh, killing of Palestinians. Like they're still dying. They're still dying just like Israelis died. You know what I mean? This is like unacceptable. It, it's ridiculous. The more interesting aspect of this was like what I covered already. And I'll use this example really quickly. If you remember, Israel has the Hannibal Protocol, right? If they have a hostage situation, they go guns blazing. Like, and sometimes they might actually end up killing the hostage. They claim that they don't, it's not official policy anymore. But one of the members uh, that survived the, the massacre at the kibbutz went on Israeli public radio, I think state radio as a matter of fact, and said that most of the people died in the crossfire when the IDF came in and were, went in guns blazing. Now, does this mean that like you have to have scrutiny for the death toll? Does this mean that it's like IDF's fault? No. In that circumstance, absolutely not. Guns blazing because Hamas was there because they, they had hostages. Like it's ridiculous to, and I said it back then. I said, look, ultimately it doesn't matter because these people still died. They still died and it was horrifying. And it's not like the IDF would be there. Palestinian forces were not in that kibbutz. It doesn't really change anything in the grand scheme of things. So while I still do maintain the position that uh, until I get third party clarification or some additional smoking gun evidence that uh, we have yet to see, right? That is uh, pretty conclusive. I am still going to assume that the bombing campaign is being conducted by the guys who have been doing the bombing campaign. I don't know why you would assume or that I would assume I would make the assertion that like the guys that already blew up that hospital that like blew up the cancer ward with the artillery shell two days prior are not responsible for the upcoming bombing potentially. In this kind of a situation, I still have to rely on on the ground reporting. It's not like I'm making my own shit up. And I think that the media assessment overall, like the media assessment originally assuming that it was Israel was perfectly valid. And I feel crazy that they like had to go back and be like, I'm so sorry for saying that and they've been getting yelled at non-fucking-stop. It's not like Israel has stopped its bombing campaigns. They've kept it up and for people who try to point to yeah They fucking blew up the courtyard of a church like there's a massive church complex blew up the courtyard Like literally last night or two nights ago. I don't even know my fucking days and, and nights are so Mashed into one another so I might get some wrong here But ultimately it blows my mind that I want the truth number one. I want the truth I want the truth of what happened at the Al-Ahli hospital, but this does not change my perspective on what has been going on and what has happened since. I still think that the gruesome bombing campaign conducted by Israel is completely unacceptable. It's just completely ridiculous. The obfuscation and the lack of clarity in the hospital bombing at this point, it's media narratives and it's important to, to arrive at the truth regardless.
regardless. It's important to make an assessment on every casualty, every single death, no matter who is responsible for it. My next guest has almost half a billion views for his provocative commentary online. Hugely influential, Hassan Piker streams live under the name His Analysis of the Israel-Hamas War, has taken a highly critical stance towards Israel and Western media, and he's been calling me out for my coverage. Because he only cares about Israeli citizens. He does not care about Palestinians as human beings. That's why it's apples to oranges. Like, one side is a human, the other side is a barbaric monster child. I never said that, obviously. Uh, he says that he'd like nothing more than to come on to Uncensored and call me a baboon in a suit to my face. Well, uh, and he can join me now. Uh, I'm joined by Hassan. Hassan, thank you very much, David, for coming on. Thank you for having me, Piers. Uh, it's very early here in Los Angeles, California, but I'm going to try to do my very best to do my British accent while I'm here. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And listen, I appreciate you coming on. Explain to me why you consider me a stenographer for the Israeli government, given that in the last week, I think more than any other host in the world, I have given lengthy platforms to pro-Palestinian voices to articulate that side of the argument. I do have to commend you. I tried to immediately cut in here and just like glaze him up a little bit because I think he does deserve glazing, okay? I don't think it's like uh, unfair to make this assessment. I think that he has brought up a lot of pro-Palestinian voices a lot more than anyone else. Has he done it to fucking get owned? Has he done it for clout reasons, right? I don't know, but it doesn't matter because what matters is those voices get heard and those voices rarely ever get heard in mainstream media. So I think that it's a good thing and he deserves, I guess, some praise for it. So yeah, had to give him his flowers there, I guess. You certainly have uh, had more pro-Palestinian voices than uh, the rest of the British media and certainly the rest of uh, Western media in general. Now, as far as uh, uh, saying that you're a stenographer, I said that journalists are not supposed to be stenographers. And yet when it comes down to it, in most circumstances, in whatever conflict we may be in. There are stenographers for whichever party is aligning with the American State Department and the interests of the West in general. And Israel happens to be the one in this ongoing conflict. I didn't want to just say like, you know, you just say whatever Israel tells you because I feel like that can be used as like anti-Semitic. I don't think it is anti-Semitic to say that, but I think in a situation like this, I'm trying to be as cordial and as like clear and coherent with my message as possible. I think years and years and years of being fucking clip chimped have like basically prepared me to ensure that I'm it, it might come across as like long-winded but I want to make sure that you can't clip something that just comes across as not what I actually meant and can be used against me or more importantly the people that I care about used against like the Palestinian cause like these are things that I am afraid of you call me a propagandist because I want to play you this was your reaction to when the hospital got I'm bombed. a propagandist well, no, no, for the record I'm, no no I'm not calling I'm you that. I'm say, no no I'm just saying I'm gonna no, play I'm saying, you I'm saying I am okay well then I want to I'm play saying I am. I just want to play, play it. Okay, I'm going to play the clip. This is your reaction to the bombing of the hospital uh, the other night. While I was in the process of, of getting ready for the stream, uh, Israel enacted uh, one of the singular worst strikes they have done thus far, and an airstrike, an Israeli airstrike, hit the Al Ahli Hospital in Gaza City, where thousands of civilians were seeking medical treatment and shelter from the relentless bombing campaign 
Now, interestingly, when that, when you were saying that, I was coming on air too, and I took a position based probably on 30 years of being a journalist, running major newspapers, working at CNN and others. I like that this guy is also like, look at my bona fides as like a major journalist. And it's like, bro, you literally hacked into like famous people's phones and shit. Like he's like a paparazzi guy, isn't he? British media, man. I gotta hand it to him though. Clever dog. I mean, he, he's sly, he's slick with it. He, he is like very good. He's very good at like subtly pushing a narrative while simultaneously acting like he's totally above that and maintains the uh, maintains the veneer of like objective journalism. Of waiting. I'm just saying, I think we should just wait and see what has actually happened here. Get clarification see who's actually to blame before we start passing judgment. You raced in to assume, as many people did, by the way, including the New York Times, BBC, mainstream media, and of course, most of the Arab world then followed, that this was clearly, indisputably, an Israeli airstrike. The other part of this that I'm frustrated by, shameless people, Piers doesn't do it as aggressively, but shameless people online, you fucked up. 100% conclusively proven that this was not an Israeli airstrike, actually. So you fucked up on that. You caused all these Muslims to get angry. And now they're like, you know, trying to burn embassies. And it's really interesting because like, you think that is the only fucking reason? Like everyone was perfectly chill with 1,000 dead Palestinian children, 3,480 Palestinians murdered by Israeli airstrikes, but then the hospital, that's it? That's the, that's the reason why everybody fucking, no, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. That doesn't mean that there wasn't anything else going on. Of course people were fucking frustrated. It's not like they're not protesting now, they still are. You think it's only the, the fucking, uh, the Al-Ahli hospital, that's the reason? So there's two fronts here that I'm frustrated by. One, people that say, oh, well, it's not certain, it's not certain. And then subtly making it seem like uh, the line of defense that was adopted by the IDF needs to be taken uh, at its word, even though the IDF time and time again has very openly lied to the media about this kind of thing. This exact same thing. They've lied about different bombing campaigns where they were responsible, but then they shot to ship the blame over to Islamic Jihad. They've lied about assassinations by sniper rifle, and then tried to shift the responsibility over to uh, uh, the Palestinian brigades in Janine. Slowly had to retract both of those, without even punishing the people responsible, by the way, because it's not even fucking illegal in their, on their mind. All the evidence now suggests very strongly that it wasn't, that in fact, this was a rocket that misfired coming from a, a, a terrorist go that far. inside Gaza. So my question for you is this, why would, why would you I wouldn't be, go that far, why Peter. would you? Yeah, he thought he was gonna bully me and be like, see, you were wrong. I was like, what are you talking about? Are you out of your mind? This idea that like, oh no, it's, it's done. All evidence points to this not being Israeli. It's like, really? Why do you never get punished immediately repeating whatever the fuck the IDF has said? How does that work? Well, I know why, because that's, you know, that's our ally. Even if they sometimes lie to us. For those of you watching, in my opinion, this was probably the worst part of the interview. It was cutting me off and it was like, pumping me with these clips to drive home a narrative that I'm a dishonest, uh, I'm a misinformation merchant. But I think I did a decent job given the limitations that I had. I mean, obviously it's like early in the morning, I'm like not awake yet, but that's not the main problem here. The main problem is that like, I can't really say anything. He just like would, you'll see multiple times, I'm like trying to cut in and trying to interrupt and he would just boulder over it. You'd be so certain in what you said before you knew. So first and foremost, before we get started on this conversation, let's understand something very important here. There's no electricity in Gaza. Internet is patchy in Gaza. There's no food in Gaza. There's no water in Gaza. This is all by design. This is because Gaza is under a brutal blockade, a brutal occupation by the Israeli government, okay? 
So that, it, that plays a role in the fog of war and misinformation that gets spread. Having said that, however, you made it seem as though there is a certainty that this was 100% not an Israeli airstrike. No, I didn't. I didn't. And instead, I literally just said. I literally just said it, it's not a certainty. You, okay, sorry. I said I, I, the, evidence, I the evidence is then increasingly pointing to this not being an Israeli airstrike. And that is expert evidence okay, from people that, who have no skin in the game at all. I don't know which expert you're, uh, you're talking about because I think Channel 4 did a pretty good job. As a matter of fact, I would say Channel 4 did probably the best job so far in analyzing everything that the IDF has said. But the reason why I believe, and I still do believe that the likelihood is that this was an Israeli bombing campaign wasn't only because of the singular verifiable video, the, the phone video from the balcony that had all of the markings of an airstrike. The fact that the Israeli Air Force was enacting a bombing campaign in the region at the... He did not say that. He, in fact, said a terrorist rocket. Yeah, I... I mean, dude, dude, I, I didn't pick that up. But this is what I mean. That's why I said he's a pretty you good fucking... You made it seem as though there is a certainty that this was 100% not an Israeli airstrike. No, I didn't. I didn't. And instead... I literally just said... I literally just said it, it's not a certainty. Okay, sorry. I said I, the, I, evidence, I the evidence is then increasingly pointing to this not being an Israeli airstrike. All the evidence now suggests very strongly that it wasn't, that in fact this was a rocket that misfired coming from a, a, a terrorist go group inside Gaza. So, All right, let's do it. That's crazy. I didn't even realize that until like literally today. Thank you, Austin Ox, for catching that shit. See, I wasn't quick on my fucking toes, and he caught me slipping there. That's kind of fucked up. Anyway, let's keep going. Time according to the Al Jazeera live streaming footage that everyone is using but doesn't understand. The fact that the, the uh, digital media person for the IDF uh, immediately came out and said that this was actually an airstrike that hit a Hamas target and that he was sad that there were casualties at the end of the day but this this uh, was a Hamas target and celebrated it and more importantly I guess the fact that this hospital had been bombed by Israel mm. this hospital had been bombed by Israel on Saturday 22 hospitals have as a matter of fact been bombed by Israel since this last saga in the occupation and this hospital had been bombed directly by Israel where the cancer ward was destroyed Israel has been bombing all of these hospitals Israel has been calling all of these hospitals to evacuate over and over and over again the medical professionals at the hospital had been called by the Israeli government the day prior and everyone on the ground assumes that this is an Israeli airstrike they are the ones who experienced Hassan, the, uh, Hassan, the situation Hassan, so when Ahi, you have when Ahi, you have but the truth is single, can the I just truth is, if you watch can the BBC if you watch the I, BBC I, account of all this last night by their Verify unit, which was specifically set up by the BBC to be completely dispassionate in these investigations. And they reached a pretty clear conclusion based on circumstantial evidence, I'll make that clear, that this would not have been an Israeli airstrike, including, for example, the size of the crater, which bears no relation to the size of craters normally left yes. by Israeli air. So, so this part sucks because it's like the size of the crater is inconsistent with the fucking JDAM. And he knows I agree with him on that. So he's bringing that up. But that still doesn't change. Israel has a fucking incredibly diverse array of munitions that they fucking dump into Gaza and elsewhere. So it's, it's very frustrating to just like drop that in there and I can't even fucking describe it to him and be like listen dude but there's still plenty of information that is inconsistent with respect to like what the IDF has brought up they're not a credible actor in this circumstance and I think one thing I will always say and always will push and I've been saying it since day one the likelihood is that this is an Israeli airstrike or some kind of Israeli bomb I can be of course wrong what did I say 
day one. If there's a third party investigation, like from the UN, International Criminal Court, and they find conclusive evidence, this was not a uh, Israeli rocket or Israeli bomb or Israeli artillery, but instead a Hamas rocket that misfired, then yeah, I, I, I'm wrong. This does not change the direction or the reality on the ground. Yeah, I'm wrong in that situation if that is the case. What has happened since then? Like a thousand more people have fucking been murdered since then. Like what are we talking about? Anyway, Evan Hill highlighted this uh, forensic architecture thread that we're going to be looking at that in my opinion did a pretty decent job of like analyzing where the artillery possibly came from and also the Doppler effect like the sound forensics as well looking at like what direction the missile or the whatever the the object was what direction it came from these are important things to analyze as well these these are audio analysis is is genuinely important and unfortunately it's been devoid of this uh, commentary thus far but my point here is that this is a very frustrating conversation to have with someone who claims that they're not one-sided on it but is literally one-sided difference is not only do i admit that i'm biased okay i admit that i'm biased i'm biased on behalf of palestinian emancipation i'm a firm believer that palestinian Palestinian emancipation will be the most effective way to ensure permanent security for Israelis as well. The inverse has been demonstrably a failure. Yeah, apartheid doesn't work. This would literally make the situation better and create a more livable circumstance for everybody there. Of course, I will continue assuming, and I think it's not unjustifiable to make this assumption considering how many fucking places they've bombed since then, the responsibilities bared upon uh, Israel. Until there's evidence that is conclusive that shows me that it's not. Look, my point is, neither of us know for sure. But you took to your airwaves immediately because actually your, I wouldn't even say unconscious bias, your admitted propagandist bias on your part was that you wanted that to be an Israeli airstrike. It suited your narrative. And I would say that that in itself, in its way, it to be is being a stenographer. Well, you know, you accuse me no, of being putting, a stenographer. I try and be mouth. fair and get to the truth. I wanted it to be Israeli airstrike. It's an insane thing to say. Brother, I don't want any airstrike. The notion that he's like such a good objective little journalist and then says you wanted it to be an Israeli airstrike like you're fucking nuts dude that is an incredibly dishonest thing to say but because he's blasting me from eight different avenues I can't even fucking hit him on all of Bruce, the targets in your case I don't think mm -hmm. you try to do that I think you appeal to your audience appeal to your base this and you unfair. don't really care whether the facts are there or not this is entirely unfair because you just said circumstantial evidence favors that this was not an Israeli airstrike yeah. I gave you all of the circumstantial evidence that it does favor that this is an Israeli airstrike. However, circumstantial evidence is not enough. And the one thing that I will concede to, because when more information did come out, and no, I do not mean when Israel said that they did not bomb this hospital and it was actually Hamas. And then they turned around and went, never mind, it's not Hamas, it's actually Islamic Jihad. And then they said, we have more evidence coming out in a couple hours. And then the evidence came out and it turns out it sounded like the phone conversations that they were able to intercept supposedly sounded like completely false and, and completely uh, made up. I listen. In all honesty, now, I now, don't wait, think wait, even on. as you're saying on, all this. I think you're a smart guy. Here's let me finish. I think you've looked at all of this, and I think in your heart, you know this was probably. He's like, oh, in your heart, you knew it was uh, not Israel. You knew it was Palestine. Like that's insane. That's not how you do a conversation, bro. Not an Israeli airstrike. And I'm just curious why that's... you would, instead of admitting no, that as facts no, change, that is your not what I'm changed. saying. That no, is not what I'm saying at all. I don't all. understand why you would Please. double and treble you, down you're when you're the evidence is pointing show. the other you're way. Asking me to be on your show do you want to talk yes if you're asking me to be on your show and i want to be on the show thank you so much for having me on your yeah. show let me explain exactly what i said and let me explain to you why i think still to this very moment until there is a third 
third-party investigation that is concluded by uh, the UN, the International Criminal Court, or specifically a forensic analyst that looks at the situation is allowed to be on the ground. This is not just my perspective. This is Beth Selim as well, which is an Israeli organization that has also demanded a okay. third-party investigation occur. I am not going to conclusively say that this was not I don't Israel's expect you fault. To. And not because I'm a propagandist. As far as me being a propagandist goes, everyone is a propagandist. I'm just honest about it. You're a propagandist. We have our I'm biases. Who you think I'm a propagandist for. about my biases. Who do you think I'm a propagandist for? Who do I think you're a propagandist yeah. for? Every media person is, is doing propaganda. This yeah, but who, is, is but who for? I've got to be doing it with somebody. You think it's a bad word. I don't. That's just the difference. This is a semantic I do. I think it's actually quite a serious charge. Hassan, I think it's a serious charge to level, not as a podcaster, but as a journalist who's broadcasting around the world who has a reputation, I believe, for being fair and impartial, actually, on these issues. This is so funny, because he doesn't. Like, who the fuck thinks he's, like, a serious journalist? British people don't like him. It's interesting, because, like, the Tories don't really like him either, right? I've never actually met a single person, whether they're from England or any other part of the world, that was like, I'm a big Piers Morgan fan. Also, he's a propagandist. He's a, he is, he is uh, propagandizing for Israel. Tiny slivers of criticism here and there, but then ultimately, he takes whatever the fuck they say hook, line, and sinker and repeat it. One of the greatest examples of this is that he cannot condemn thousands of people that Israel has killed. He can't do it. That's why he always runs away from it. He goes, oh, well, it's more about proportion. It's more about proportion, which is why Bassam did a really good job when he was like, how many babies? How many babies can be killed? What's the baby to grandma equation? What's the what's the index here? Explain it to me. He was right. Pierce can't respond to that because he's a fucking propagandist. Jeez. It's quite a charge to just say, I'm a stenographer of the Israeli government or I'm a propagandist. I don't think there's any evidence I'm either of those things. I'm curious who you think I'm doing While the propaganda we're having this conversation, 3,840 Palestinians have been ruthlessly slaughtered in the last incursion into Gaza. I feel like this is an incredibly selfish, self-centered conversation to have. You asked me to be on here. You wanted to hear my perspective. I'm willing to give it to you. I don't want to talk about Noam Chomsky-style manufacturing okay. consent conversations okay. about how the media is operating listen, in, the, I, in the, listen, uh, the behest of capital. Listen, I think you were the guy that called me. There are dead people. Listen, Hassan, I only asked you because you're the guy that called me a propagandist and called me a baboon in the suit. I was curious as to why. You don't want to say I know, who, but, who I'm but doing I, the propaganda for. We'll move on. We'll move on. I agree with I you. Said you. I said, there's a bigger, there's a bigger picture here. Let's move I on. Said that Let's take a short you, break. I think he didn't give me any breathing room on purpose because he wanted to bully me a little bit. And I think he did a really good job at that. I'll admit. I'm fucking dying at that point. I'm like, come on, dog. Jesus Christ. My goal. Anytime I go in the media, what is my goal? My goal is to get as many talking points out there as possible. I'm trying to deploy. I think that's what the most important thing is. There is not a lot of Palestinian voices that get to be on television, okay? And by that, I don't mean like directly, literally Palestinian voices, but like voices that are pro-Palestine. I did the same thing with the BBC. I did the same thing with peers. When I'm on, I'm using that as an opportunity to just say like, listen, I don't care. You're here, whatever. I want to talk about this side that rarely ever gets heard and rarely gets coverage from this massive audience that you have who is completely on familiar with me. It's insane that this fucking interview in two days got 3.1 million views. All right, let's with continue. Me. This is the part where I cook them now. I think I did a really good job in the second part. This was not live. This was pre-recorded. I mean, we had a live conversation back and forth, but it was pre-recorded and then played live on the show. I want to just play you a clip of something that you said about the October 7th terror attacks, and in particular, the attack at the music festival, which killed 260 people. Look at this guy. You know what shouldn't happen? Killing 260 people at a music festival. No, you're right, man. That just happened on its own because, like, bad guys wanted to do bad things you're right dude if they f subjugated you to a open-air prison your whole f life 
you're going to break out eventually when you realize that there is no other way to get out of it. I mean, it sounds to me there, Hassan, that you are in some way saying they had it coming. Um, no, I wouldn't say that they had it coming. I think that uh, Michael Brooks used to say uh, analysis is not justification. And while obviously civilian casualties and, and horrific barbaric acts that were committed on October 7 are completely unacceptable, uh, the, the important thing to make sure that it never happens again is to analyze what are the conditions as to, as to how it happened to begin with. And I think uh, Ehud Barak is going to be on uh, in a little bit as well, or maybe he's on before yeah, he is, me. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm almost certain that while he has held the keys to the conversation and held uh, the, the levers of the power in this conversation in many key and critical points, I would go so far as to say that he is among many others who also recognize that the maybe Netanyahu administration is responsible. This is not just my assessment. This is 85% of the uh, Israeli population's assessment at the time. Uh, this is years and years and years of refusing to negotiate with the Palestinian Authority. Don't take my word for it. Take no, the no, listen, I would personal agree, listen, word for it. I would agree again. In a closed-door conversation with Likud members, he yeah, said listen. that if you want to thwart any kind of Palestinian nation-state, you must do everything you can to only negotiate with Hamas. We control how high the, how high the fire goes. He has given cash to Hamas right. by way of Qatar. Uh, there is no bigger fan of Hamas than Bibi Netanyahu, which uh, I hope one day you can maybe uh, interview and then you'll ask him to. No, no, I, I uh, actually did interview uh, him a few months ago and I, and I did actually spell out to him that there have been a lot more Palestinian deaths this year so far up to the point of the interview than Israelis and what he intended to do about it. He said then he didn't believe in collective responsibility. Quite long-winded replies, all. I should have just been like, all of these other people, like I'm literally using examples, knowing full well that these are people that he will criticize personally. Shut the fuck up. I know what I'm doing. ...which is now this hot phrase in this whole uh, crisis about whether you would hold all people in Gaza responsible for Hamas. Interesting to see if Wait, when they... Can I ask it, well, let me just finish you, my point. Do you, do you, if, if they do then launch that? a ground invasion. It'd be interesting to see if they keep to that word. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a, a defender of what Bibi Netanyahu has been doing in Israel. In the last year, his attack on the credibility and integrity of the Supreme Court, I think, has been a disgrace. And I think it has fractured society in Israel. I also think that it's caused so much social unrest and had such big protests that you could argue it's taken the eye off the ball of the people who should have been defending the border uh, because they've been trying to sort out what's been going on domestically, internally inside Israel. So I think it's a catastrophic failure of intelligence, of security, of defense. This is a classic take where he's like trying to say Bibi Netanyahu fucked up. Like he took my words and trying to make it seem like we're in agreement. Where I want to stress the point that it's not just the apartheid is responsible. Anyone who maintains it is responsible. It's not just like, oh, there's political disagreements between uh, Bibi Netanyahu and, and Ehud Barak. I will give you that opportunity to shit on him, but I will not let you keep it there. I know the truth. The truth is that this entire project for 75 years, a death dealing project is responsible, which I will get to now. I'll be amazed, frankly, if Netanyahu survives this. So I'm certainly not here to defend him, even if you do view me as a stenographer for his government. My, my question for you, I think, is this. is that I've had a lot of problems trying to get people on the pro-Palestinian side. Separate two things. That you can say, as I believe and you believe, the Palestinian Palestinians have been maltreated for decades. That the situation where they are effectively, I mean, I don't even call it an occupation because Israelis aren't in Gaza. 
Gaza. They pulled out in 2005, but they still control the ability of Gaza. That is, well, see, this is finish. why I call you propaganda. Well, well, no, 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 I'm just saying the phraseology is confusing to me because the reality is there's a delay Israel here too. Did you guys notice that? Because he goes, I wouldn't even call it an occupation. That's when I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is why I call you propagandist. But that was literally like on my end. That was immediate on the video. It's like way later. Allows them in and out. It allows them to turn on the tap of water and so on and so on. I get all that. They don't actually live there because they can't live side by side That's with each other. That's why it's called an open air prison. Right. I, I don't That's disagree. That's why they call with, it the disagree. world's largest open yeah, air prison. Yeah, but Hassan, I don't disagree with you. And I've I have pointed this okay. out for a long time as a journalist. So we don't we don't disagree about the appalling plight of Palestinian people. Um, but the issue comes that if you can't separate that ongoing dispute between Israel and Palestine from the absolutely appalling barbarism of October the 7th, which was on a whole different scale to anything we've seen, where 1,400 people Holocaust survivors, babies in their in their cribs, you know, young women taken, uh, tortured, abused, shot, beheaded. We, we, it was reported, and so on. If we can't look at that collectively, okay. with a with a, a general humanity and agreement that that is an absolute atrocity, then there's something wrong with this. And I find that the, the tribalism on both sides is now so toxic and so frenzied that you get people who literally can't. We've had a bunch of actors, right, signing this statement saying they want a ceasefire in Gaza and calling Israel war criminals and so on. But they don't say a word about the Hamas attacks that precipitated this. And I find that really hard, them, right? really hard to accept. This is where I cook them. But, but, you, but do you agree with them? If, if they had said, for example, that October 7 attacks were brutal and, and massacres occurred, and then they said everything else, that Israel is committing war crimes, would you agree with them? I, well, okay, here's what I would honestly say about that. Is Israel... That's how you know his ass went sideways on that one. ...not allowed to defend itself from the worst terror attack we've seen since 9-11. Is it not allowed to defend itself it's just after 1,400 people in Israel are butchered in that way? And the question then, if you assume that they are able to defend themselves as any Pierce, free democratic country... That is the, country, that is the then, Israeli then the State becomes, Department line, Hassan, that is the IDF's line, Hassan, that is the line that everyone... Hassan, let me ask channeled. you this. Then becomes a question of how can they defend themselves? If their mission now is to... Come on, dog! The fuck out of here, dude. He's like, Israel has a right to do some defensive war crimes. To get rid of Hamas, a terror organization that's committed one of the worst acts of terror ever seen. If that is their stated aim, mm -hmm. then what they are doing is consistent with that, isn't it? Here's why this is actually an abject failure. And this is not just my perspective on the matter. I'm just a dumb idiot uh, with a Twitch stream who, who is live reacting to the news and trying to make sense of everything as it's ongoing. I usually have a policy of not covering breaking news and sometimes that policy is violated, but uh, ultimately I am not uh, held up by the same journalistic standards, even though I think I do a much better job than most other news outlets in, uh, in general. So let me just say this really quickly. You said Israel has a right to defend itself. Absolutely zero people think that this is a ridiculous statement. However, how Israel is defending itself is collective punishment. Now, collective punishment in the form of depriving 2.2 million people of electricity, collective punishment in the form of depriving them of, of water, of food, collective punishment of 
uh, in the form of 51 people dying in the West Bank, where, you know, there is no Hamas in the West Bank, and yet 51 people have died because in the West Bank, settlers that are occupying Palestinian territory in violation of the international law, settlers who are doing an act of colonial terrorism, and this is not my statement on it, this is international law, that are doing horrifying things by simply just existing there and, and maintaining the presence with an occupying force in the form of IDF, who is ritualistically humiliating Palestinians in a structure that B'Tselem, an Israeli organization, calls the permit regime, where every waking moment of Palestinians' lives in the West Bank are absolute hell, where they have no legal recourse. 51 Palestinians have died, and that was before the Ramallah protest that happened last night, and the Israeli forces were opening up with live fire on protesters last night, so who knows what that death toll has become. This is all a product of Israel being an apartheid state. This is a violent apartheid state. There is no way to be a peaceful let, right, son, apartheid let me ask you state. This. It, let is, me ask you this. it is a violence required for its maintenance. Okay, listen. And that violence is frustrating people. I hear that you. violence I hear is radicalizing you. people. But here's Hold my, on. I hear as far you. as Israel, as far as what Benjamin Netanyahu has done, as far as the war government, what they have done, peers, going into Gaza yeah. and bombing Gaza and killing 3,480 Palestinians so far in Gaza, 1,000 plus children out of all of those casualties, 22 hospitals being bombed, a bakery, the only remaining intact bakery being bombed yesterday. These are horrifying crimes that you would openly say are horrifying and unjustifiable when Russia does it, but when Israel does it, Israel has a right to defend itself. This is identical to the same talking points that I've heard from every Israeli administration official. It's the same talking points that I've heard from American politicians championing the, the exact same talking points. It's the same thing that I've heard from everyone else in the media. This, I think, was a slow burn. A lot of people will say, Hassan, why didn't you hit him fast? Why didn't you jab? Immediately being like, here's why you're a fucking propagandist. I think it's better for him to say something that immediately lets it simmer and ultimately gets to a point where it gets to a boiling point where I can point to that and be like, dude, I just described these conditions to you. You act like you care about these people. And then you turn around and say the same shit that Israel says. That's propaganda. Now, the reason why I didn't do that fast, the reason why I didn't start off with that is because if I do that, I mean, one, because I'm ADHD and I'm hyper-focusing on all the wrong things. The other reason is because I want to make sure that like the conversation keeps going without him just like, because he has all control. He can do whatever the fuck he wants with this interview. I wanted to hit it hard at the end. If he gave me breathing room, I cared more about making sure everybody understands what the situation is. That's why I wanted to just like over and over again, repeat the conditions on the ground, things that people do not hear. If I had jabbed him first, who knows if I, he'd let me go off for this long. But I think ultimately the interview was supposed to be about whether or not Pierce is a propagandist. That's the real reason why he had me on, right? To be like, oh, you called me a baboon in a suit and a propagandist. Well. There it is. I wanted to max out on as many gruesome conditions of Palestinians uh, right now that you're not aware of points to, to bring up while also simultaneously tying it up with a fucking nice little bow at the end and sending that package his way to be like, this is how you're a propagandist. Yes, the Iraq uh, war and, and you use that, but you're using that for, for evil in my opinion at this point. If you are not sitting here and condemning those acts of war crimes, those acts of violence, the, those acts of collective punishment. Well, I would say to that that I think the death of any child in this conflict is horrific, absolutely horrific. But the question comes down to me, 
that after an act of terror, as we saw on October the 7th, Israel should be able to defend itself and should be able to go after the people that perpetrated that, who live amongst civilians in, in Gaza deliberately. And the question for me becomes down to what is proportionate? The question is, the IDF lives among civilians. It has mandatory conscription, like everyone has to serve. The IDF's main headquarters are inside of a fucking mall in Tel Aviv. If Hamas dropped a fucking nuke there, everyone would know what's what. That is unacceptable. If Hamas did that, everyone would say, that's the most unacceptable thing that anyone's ever done. Of course, and it would be. It would be fucking gruesome. It would be ridiculous, it would be ruthless. It's crazy. There's so many angles to cover on this like proportionate. What's proportionate, what's proportionate? Obviously it's disproportionate. Obviously it's unacceptable, okay? It's ridiculous. You know why this is like ultimately in the hands of Israel? Because they have the power to shut off the fucking food and the water and the electricity. And they also have the power to not do that. They have the power to consistently occupy Gaza and, and have this like incredibly stringent blockade that stops people in Gaza, 2.2 million of them from like getting access to regular amenities and food, calling that in a monstrous way, in my opinion, putting the Palestinians on a diet. Instead of doing all that, they could just not do that towards a peaceful negotiation. Recognize that the Palestinians are human beings that deserve a life, that deserve dignity, that, de that have dreams just like you do. It's fucking ridiculous to obscure every single person living in Gaza by consistently saying, well, you know, they're all Hamas, they're all Hamas, they're all Hamas, they're all Hamas. It's fucking ridiculous. And I didn't end it there. I gave you also my own perspective on how to end this, okay? Uh, and here, this is important. I don't know the answer, sir. I'll be honest with you. I do know the answer to that. Last night I had Dr. Ofer Kassif, an Israeli Knesset member who was expelled, uh, suspended for 45 days for saying what I believe is the truth, championing the exact same position of the Haaretz's uh, editorial board. There are a lot of thoughtful people, a lot of formative Holocaust scholars, a lot of historians that all agree on the same point. The reason why violence that even penetrates through the Israeli security blanket that people thought existed, that penetrated through that Iron Dome, the Iron Wall, if you want to call it that, is because years and years of oppression and years and years of violence, which is a necessity to maintain an apartheid state, this has to stop. There's only two ways out of this. Either you engage in full-blown ethnic cleansing, and if you if you listen to the likes of Smotrich, or if you listen to the likes of Itamar Ben-Givir, and these very unfavorable, unpopular, far-right figures, if you listen to Netanyahu and his Likud government, they say that they are interested in going in that direction, the ethnic cleansing direction, the ethnic displacement direction, or the only way out of this for a real solution is to move towards peace, to genuinely have, to genuinely end the blockade the end of apartheid, the end the occupation, and create a pathway towards citizenship for all people with a right to return for all 14 million Palestinians, 5 million of which live under Israeli occupation. It's brutal. And then the rest living in diaspora. These are not unreasonable requests. These are requests that understand the dignity and the humanity of one you. side and does not simply treat them as their uh, their colonial subjects. Son, I, and, and it's the only way to create okay, permanent I, security listen. and prosperity in the region. If it was as simple as that. Yeah, I hear you. But it's not simple. It's it's like, no, it is. It is not complicated at all. It's that simple. Yeah, you can't be like, but sorry, we can't do it because why? Because like Israelis are, are not interested in that. Why? Because Palestinians are not interested in that. You don't know. You don't know what they're interested in. You can look throughout time 
at different points in time, the Palestinian understanding of a two-state solution was infinitely more popular. Only over time has this notion that it is impossible to have a two-state solution has become a permanent fixture in Palestinian lives as a consequence of the permanent occupation. Because they look to that peaceful coexistence in the West Bank and they fucking see what that means. That means a permanent security apparatus constantly up their fucking asses, ritualistically humiliating them at checkpoints, robbing them of their humanity on a daily fucking basis. How could they ever believe that Israel is going to uh, legitimately move towards a two-state solution? After that, he also asked Ehud Barak the proportionate response question, apparently, and he, he might have went uh, mask off here. Yeah. I was supposed to go after Ehud Barak. I was lied to. They bait and switched my ass. I was like, damn, I'm about to go after Ehud Barak. I got some fucking questions for the big homie here. I loved it. At the end, he's like, oh, you peaceful dove. You do not know that at the top of the hour, there's a three minute ad break. You simply do not know. It's more complicated than that. I'm sure that would have happened already. I would say this. I agree with a lot of what- It's so dumb. Oh, well, hey, good solution, man. It would have happened if it could have. Like, get the fuck out of here. No, it wouldn't have. Every single Israeli government official literally utilized the two state solution as a way to consistently expand in the Palestinian territory. What are we doing? What are we doing here? Are we blind to the reality? They always use Hamas too as a reason. It's like, even before Hamas, man. Was Hamas around in 1948? Was it Hamas in 1967? 73? Where the fuck was Hamas then? Hamas hasn't been around for all that long and wasn't even violent, uh, violent in, his, in its inception either of what it is. It's always been a fucking Islamist fundamentalist group, but not popular. Wonder why it gained popularity. To take away an, its power, you have to starve it. And the only way to starve it of its power is by letting people breathe. Not all of it, a lot of it. I don't think you can ever achieve peace now with Hamas controlling Gaza. I don't think you can achieve peace with Netanyahu in charge of Israel, actually, after this. I don't think his own people will want him to be in charge of Israel down below when they examine exactly how this happened. But we will see. Uh, but Hassan, I've got to leave it there. It, look, it's good to talk to you. You know, you're an important, influential voice to a lot of people. And I think we have a lot of common ground. And there are some things that we disagree. No, we don't. Agree about. But I suspect it's not as much as you think. You know, I do think that the core problem here has got to get resolved in a way that's been completely ignored for decades. And until it gets resolved, until the plight of the Palestinian people. This is why journalism is so silly. Like, people being like, I'm just a journalist is so fucking stupid. It's like, bro, you just said it's simply impossible. And you asked the question about what is proportional? What is a proportional response? Well, at that point, it's like, you're not really leaving anything out on the table, are you? You're basically saying Palestinians need to suck it and that, you know, there is no peaceful solution. And the only alternative, like I mentioned, is, is you know, ethnic cleansing as the final solution. And it's ridiculous to me that he's just doing that while also claiming that he's neutral on the subject. He's like, oh, I want it. I want it so bad. I want there to be liberation so bad for the Palestinians, but also it would have happened if it would, if it could.